When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Happy Hump Day, everyone. It's a Wednesday. Weather's pretty good in Adelaide, as it is most days. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you for the summer edition of Sports Day SA. For just quality home improvements, you can give us a call, 1300 736 736, or text in. Our text line is 0427 154 166. Daniel Menzel, how are you? I'm going well, Bonds. It's uh, been a pretty good week so far. It's good to be here on a Wednesday. Dizzy's been stepping in a couple of times for me yes. while I'm down uh, at Kurong Coaching, but today I am in the studio with you, and we've got, again, plenty to go over, as always. Well, speaking of the great man, Diz, uh, we're going to speak to him later in the show, talk, talk uh, all things cricket and we are backs. Too. Thanks to Lumo Energy, switch to the affirmative. So we'll have a chat to Diz. Um, and, uh, yeah, put him on the other side of the mic this time. Which would be good. Hmm. I've got a couple of questions that uh, I'd like to ask him that might be a little bit trickier, but I'd be interested as a coach what he would prefer uh, with these ones. So looking forward to chatting to him. I've got my third and fourth uh, on the ladder this year that I'm predicting for the sample, who will yes. finish in third and fourth position. So that's coming up later in the show. Yeah, looking forward to seeing who you're putting in fourth and third. And uh, then tomorrow night you'll... You'll finish top off with one teams. and two, top yeah. two teams. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll be good. Um, and there's a bit of cricket still going on. New Zealand smashed a half-ranked South African side because yeah. most of them are over there playing T20. They are. And New Zealand, obviously, are very difficult to bet at home as well. And they did it with ease against South Africa. So New Zealand, they made 511 in the first inning. South Africa in reply, 162. New Zealand, 4 for 179 declared. And South Africa bowled out for 247. A win by 281 runs for New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Kane Williamson... I mean, what a player. He made hundreds in both innings and didn't get named man of the match. Unlucky. Unlucky. Ravindra uh, made 240, but also took some wickets in the first inning. So. He did take a couple of wickets. In the what a player Ravindra is going to be. We saw him absolutely burst onto the scene in the World Cup, the ODI World Cup for New Zealand. And uh, he's going to be a good player for a long time. He's just 24 years of age. Yeah, that, yeah, he's, he's a young star. He and is. he's going to play for New Zealand for a long, long time. Uh, other cricket going on. As we speak, Daniel, uh, over there in yes, Sydney, um, South Africa are five for 189 taking on Australia in the women's ODI. Bit of rain about, so the game's been reduced to 45 overs, if I can read that correctly. Yep. Uh, so it's five for 189 at the moment. Uh, Marazan Cap making runs again. She's 70 not. Yeah, they need they needed her to make some runs because they've struggled in this series, the South Africans. Now, 189 after 40 overs with five to go. You might be thinking, yeah, it's not too bad a total. The game is being played at North Sydney Oval. 
traditionally yes. probably the easiest ground in Australia to make runs. You want 260. And clear the boundary. Yep. So Australia right in the box set at the moment. You'd think that they'll chase it down again with relative ease. And just looking at that, they've used eight bowlers. Yeah, wow. It just shows how balanced they are across their team and it's why they are arguably the best sporting team in the world. They, they seem to win everything and they're gonna, they are gonna. should be able to get the job done again over South Africa and get another win for the women's team. Time for the Hot Topic Men's. Thanks to Nutrien Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. When I go back and have a look at the AFL rule tweaks, aren't we? Yeah, we, we brought up a few last night, the, a few changes the AFL is going to make to this upcoming season. And Laura Kane has touched on a couple of them. And we might just have a listen to her on the last touch out of bounds rule. And where that's yeah, at. we've been looking. I mean, we've got the AFLW competition um, that gives us a good marker, but we also look at the Sandform Waffle mm. um, and different changes that they make, whether it be around, you know, um, last touch or the bounce, you know, any aspect of the game that they alter and looking at what that does to the on-field product. So we'll continue to look at it, but no, no um, uh, you know, intention to change it in the AFL competition at the moment. And she also got asked about the mid-season trade period and whether there could be any changes or additions there. We're looking at it. We're really open to it. I like the idea of it. I think it can play an important role in player movement generally, and I think the fans will love it. So I think it will create a lot of attention, uh, but it has to be right and it has to work for the clubs. And as you said just before, it has to work in with things like Next Gen and mm. Northern Academies and any other bidding system that we have to make sure that we're not inadvertently creating um, more grief for our clubs in terms of their list build. So that there is Laura Kane, who is the general manager of football for the AFL. And she has just spoken about the last touch out of bounds, which has been in state competitions. They're not introducing it into the AFL yet, but they're looking at it as well as the mid season trade period, which we won't see this season, but that's something that might come in future years. So the question bonds that we have to our listeners is which one would you prefer to become a part of the game in 2025, would you prefer the last touch out of bounds rule come into the AFL or would you prefer to see the mid-season trade period in the AFL in 2025? Can't we have both? We can have both. Which one would you prefer? So text in on 0427 154 166. Which one do you think the game needs more? Last touch out of bounds? It'll make it quicker. Or would you prefer to see the mid-season trade period? You, you've mentioned maybe having both. Which one would you prefer or do you think we need in the game more? I think the last possession out of bounds is the one that just should come in. It's a no-brainer for, for mine. We've seen it in the sample for for years now, and it's worked really well. Maybe in in the arcs, like the like the women play, so it's only between the arcs. Yep. Maybe to just bleed it into the competition, but I think it works well. If someone takes, if if someone kicks it out of bounds in a forward pocket, why shouldn't? the other team get the ball. Yeah, I mean... playing or handballs it when they're under pressure. Yep. Playing mm. in the sample, you didn't notice it as much as I thought you would. Mm. Uh, so as a fan, I don't think it will impact 
your experience of the game, whether it be a negative or a positive one that much with that coming in. So that's why they're looking at it and trialing it and seeing if it should be part of the AFL. The mid-season trade period is always a very interesting discussion. We, we see it in American sports and it's much easier in American sports because just the sheer amount of the money that goes around in those sports, you can trade players and they can move states within a day because they're getting millions of dollars. It's not going to impact their future that much. For the AFL, there's been a lot of talk about this and, and saying, well, does it have to be on the pay grade and the pay salary in certain players that can be traded and other players that can't be? I think it would be good for the AFL if they do have the mid-season trade. I think you're going to see teams potentially win a premiership off the back of it, but you have to get the caveats right in terms of who you can actually trade and and whether players can have a an influence and a say on whether they are going to go or not. I like the way that Laura Kane said that. We're not just going to bring it in because yep. we think we need it and we like the idea. We're going to make sure we cross the T's, dot the I's, and it's perfect as soon as we put it in there. Yeah, which I think once it comes in, I think fans will be happy with it. I think so. I, I don't think anyone will will be negative towards it. Well, it should benefit your side regardless of whether you're competing for the flag or whether you're rebuilding. If you're rebuilding, you should be able to get overs for players that just say a team's going into the final series and their ruckman has done their ACL out for a year you should be able to get a lot more than what you would for that player because at the end of the day, if they win a flag off the back of it, they will pay whatever it takes almost to be able to get that player in. The only people that will be unhappy is if you just bought a jumper with a player's name <laughs> on it and you love this player and he gets traded to another team, that'll hurt a little bit. Yeah, that that certainly will for a fan. Uh, it also will hurt a player if they get traded and then three months later they're delisted at the end of the season, but we'll, we'll cross <laughs> that bridge when that comes about. So we'll wait and see what happens there with those rules and those tweaks. There's been a couple that have been mentioned for next season. We talked about it last night that they're going to name five on the bench and then from that you'll have one of those players 60 minutes before the game will become the substitute. Do you think that... Uh, Sammy's just come up with a good question here. Do you think that the mid-season trade in the AFL will loosen restrictions on how far draft picks can be traded in advance? So you can only trade, or, or maybe you can trade the fourth year, fourth round draft pick in three years. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go. I mean, yes. in America, they they trade picks in from 2032 to a team right now, which is bizarre. But, yeah, I think it will be loosened, uh, which is not a bad thing. Um, We have got a text in, Bonds, around the last touch. So sick of 35-minute quarters. Last touch would cut the time played in quarters, which is correct. It's true because you don't stop the clock while the boundary umpire gets set to chuck it back in. Yeah, I don't mind that call, actually. It would shorten the length or the duration of quarters. So good text in there about keeping the game running and uh, and bringing last touch into the AFL in 2025. Uh, quick update in the score. Marazan cap is out. So there's six down for just under, I think it's 198. Six for 198 South Africa. Um, and quickly, uh, Spencer Johnson's been added to the T20 squad. Why he wasn't there in the first place, I'm not sure. Oh, no. But uh, Nathan Ellis is still recovering from falling on a cricket ball in the last game of the year. Remember he dived, right. dived for a catch and it rolled underneath him and did some rib damage. So Spencer Johnson comes in to replace Nathan Ellis in that squad. So good luck to Spawn. Yeah, good luck to Spencer Johnson. Now, later in the show, we are going to go over my third and fourth predictions in the sample for this yes. season. Uh, if you want to know... Who I've put in the other positions, you can certainly get them on the SEN app or on the podcast. Uh, now, we are into the top four tonight. So looking forward to getting into that. 
and uh, and a few other things. We've got Dizzy Gillespie coming up on the yes, show. Yes, Dizzy will be with us thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. You can text in 0427154166 or give us a call 1300-736-736 on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Have you done your TV guide, men's? I have done my TV right, guide. We'll, There's some good we'll sport. Do, we'll do that next. Thanks to Kia. Uh, Epic has arrived. The all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. Um, all right. Let's catch our breath. TV Guide next week, and we got a lot more next <laughs> next segment, and we got a lot more still to come on the summer edition of Sports ASA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel with you for your Wednesday. Jason Gillespie uh, joining us later on in the show, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot trade members get trade pricing sign up today, men's. And you out there, yeah, that's you driving your car. Or maybe not, maybe not while you're driving. But uh, Give us a call, 1300-736-736 or 0427-154-166. That's the text line for the Nutrient Ag Solutions text, text line. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Mans, have you got your TV guide ready? I have got my TV guide ready. All right, well, let's do this first. Tire Power, get your free five-minute safety check at our good friends at Tire Power. Go for it, men's. And now I'm pumped after that intro. I love that music. And uh, let's start with the TV guy. What's on? What's happening over the next seven days? The events that you have to tune into, whether it be via radio, TV. Here are the games that you don't want to miss. Adelaide United takes on Perth Glory at home Friday. 7.15 that game is they need a win to bounce back. they got to win. After that 4-0 loss, uh, the 36ers, they take on the Brisbane Bullets Friday night at 7pm in Brisbane. Again, speak of got to win. Do or die game for the 36ers. Yep. Uh, Australia takes on West Indies. The T20, they've got two of them across the weekend. Friday and Sunday here at the Adelaide Oval. I'm going Sunday. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be, be good. Absolute perler. The Australian women's ODI team currently play in South Africa. They also take on South Africa in their third ODI on Saturday at 2.10. I've got two more events for you, Bonds. The mm. Waste Management Phoenix Open. The final round will be Monday morning our time. This is one of the great events in sport, not just in golf, but in sport. It's where the party hole happens. Yes. We know it happens here in, in Adelaide at Grange for Live Golf, but... Uh, for America over there at the Phoenix Open, the 17th, 17th? Yeah, it starts Friday yep. in Adelaide, yeah. So tune in across the weekend, but Monday morning will be the final round. And you can go from that into the biggest event of the year. The Super Bowl is Monday morning, 10 a.m. It starts here in Adelaide. The 49ers take on the Chiefs. I think the 49ers will win. Who are you going? Uh, 49ers. Uh, where are you going to watch it? 
Uh, I'm going to choose a, a venue, a pub probably somewhere in the western suburbs around yes. uh, where I live. So I'm just working that out with a couple of mates at the moment. Yourself? Uh, not sure yet. Ooh. I'm supposed to be working, but I'm not sure that's going to happen either. Yeah, okay. Interesting. <laughs> see how I go. Oh, it's an incredible day and uh, it will be... I mean, people watch the game, but a lot of people just tune in for the halftime show as well, which I believe is Usher. It is Usher. Yep. Usher, we don't have any Usher. I could have, should have organised that earlier, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, Usher's playing at halftime. The halftime shows are always elite. Brilliant. Yes. Um, now, last night we spoke to Warney, and it was very quick. Like, it seemed we, oh, we could have spoken to him for an hour whole in regards to AFL fantasy. So he's part of the traders, and if you want to know anything about AFL fantasy, just listen to the traders, just search for them on uh, social media. You'll find them. Um, but there also is the record out and it's the fantasy record so pick that up as well from all good bookstores i believe it's out tomorrow we're lucky enough to have uh, one in the studio right now men's just nine dollars 95 that's cheap that is very cheap less than a tenner so you can get one of these i've got one in my hands right now so bonds we spoke with him about some interesting players for this upcoming season the question we are going to pose right now and go through is who will be the number one player in afl fantasy this season but before we do that, let's go across the four positions. Which player do you think will be the number one defender, first oh, of all? One. So who is the number one defender in AFL Fantasy in your eyes in yes. this coming season? Well, listening to Warney last night, he mentioned a few players and I already had them in my team. So I haven't completed my team, so okay. I was happy that he mentioned these That's guys. great. That's great that you've got that So uh, my guy in validation. Defense, my guy in defence, my number one guy is Hayden Young. Ooh, yeah, I think a lot of people will be on the Hayden Young bandwagon. Do you think he'll be the number one player in defence? Um, yeah. I'm going He's Nick Dacos. Well, yeah, probably he is. He'll be number... He'll, they'll be equal number ones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's your Quinella in defence. Hayden Young and, and Nick Dacos. All right, let's go to the midfield then. Who's going to be... And this one's a bit more wide open. Who's going to be the number one scoring midfielder in this 2024 season in AFL Fantasy? Whoa, Errol. Errol Gooden. Oh, yeah. Good call. I mean, he finished the season so well, he's only going to get better. I do like Errol Gooden. I actually really like Andrew Brayshaw as well. Yeah, I had him last year. He was good. So he's probably in my team as well. Well, so Gooden averaged 112 last year. Brayshaw averaged 110, which sat him in eighth in the midfielders, but he had a really slow start to the year. Yes. So to get up to 110, it just shows how well he finished as well as Errol. So there's a couple for you. If we go to the Rucks... Who will be the top ruckman in AFL Fantasy this year you're going with? I just love Maxi. I think Max Gorn is the man, and he's no Grundy to muck up his scores this year. So he bounces back. He will be back. the number one. Because he averaged 92 last year, which was six. He was behind Kieran Briggs. Yeah, he'll, he'll average more than 100. Yep, so you're going with Max Gorn. I really like Brady Grundy, to be honest. I think he okay. can come from... He was 15th last year. He can come from that to take it out. The other one I really like is Rowan Marshall. There's yeah. a couple we both of us didn't mention. Grundy will be good value. He will be great value. I think Tim English is too 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 much cat, too much all, coin. He was the number one player mm. in all players across all <laughs> positions last year. And the number one forward that you need in your team is going to average the most points, Bonds, in 2024 is... Uh, Flanders. 
from the Gold Coast, son, Sammy Flanders. So he's a dual position play. He's across the midfield as well. Flanders is a great call. I mean, Jack McRae, if he just stays in the midfield, Bevo, keep him in the midfield. I think he will be the one. So there you go. There's a couple across the different positions for AFL Fantasy. Hey, tomorrow night, we've been talking about AFL. We've been talking about the sample. We are going to talk about the Amateur League. We're going to have an expert in the studio. So if you play in Div 1, 2, 3, 4 or 5, how is your team going to go? Well, he'll let us know tomorrow night. What about Divi 6, 7, 8? No, we'll leave them. <laughs> We've only got about 10 minutes to Correct. talk to him. But that's good. For, uh, yeah, Amateur League players and fans, we'll have uh, some some interesting chats tomorrow. Uh, Expert Dizzy, in the studio. Yes. Dizzy Gillespie coming up for Toolkit Depot. Uh, your sample preview. Another two teams tonight for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au and also your text on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line 0427 154 166. What are you going to ask, Diz? Anything interesting? Uh, I am actually. I want to know which format he'd prefer to win out of the Sheffield Shield, the Marsh Cup and the Big Bash. That's a really good question. We'll see what he says. I think he's going to go with the whites. I or think the he creams. will. I think he will too. But yeah, we'll find out. Back soon. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts, and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. You can be part of the show. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line is one 736 736 or text in 0427-154-166. Expert in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. Men's our guest tonight, um, he's been a co-host of this show and he is a great, great man. Thanks to Tire Power, save on selected Falcon tyres and SUV tyres by three, four, I'm sorry, by three and get one free at Tire Power. Dizzy Gillespie, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent, mate. How are you? Uh, We are well. Now, look, you're coming off another close shield loss to Victoria this time. How frustrating is this for the group? Yep, pretty frustrating. Um, Yeah, there's not not many more words, I suppose. I was was actually really proud of the boys on day four. We, We bowled and fielded really well and gave ourselves a chance. Um, but unfortunately, just couldn't quite get over the line. What we spoke about, you know, bashing the pitch and, and creating opportunities, and to have them have the Vic seven down, um, you know, it was a good effort. But it just highlighted again that um, we're just too light on for runs, and, and we need to, you know, we need to find a way to um, to to get more runs. Um, it was a it was a um, Tricky toss to lose. Um, it was it was certainly a bold first surface, and um, you know the surface had a lot of graphs on it. It was quite tacky, and it was really hard work for our batters. And you saw how how we how we struggled there. But um, yeah, it's, it was a tricky one. Um, but we, having said that, we've still got to find ways to, you know, for, for everyone to take responsibility and, and find some more runs because um, you know we're, we're, our bowling attack is bowling very well. We're catching everything. Um, so that, those are real positives. But we just need to find a way to score a few more runs. So, yeah, is that the main takeaway from the game is that the bowling is going well, the fielding's been good, but uh, you just need to make some more runs. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to score like 170 in our first innings, um, you, you know your, your back's against the wall there. Um, I thought both innings, we, you know, we, we bowled and fielded well. Uh, we probably bowled a bit better in the second innings. We, we were a little bit floaty at times in the first innings with our seamers instead of bashing the wicket hard. Uh, we just gifted a few too many easy drives um, and created, gave away a bit too much width at times. But when we when we bashed the pitch and uh, kept the kept the stumps in play, um, we looked really dangerous and, and really threatening, and uh, and so that's a real positive. And I thought Benny Manhenty, who well didn't get wickets, he he bowled bowled really well um, with his off spin there and and did the team thing and um, uh, on on a on a really good uh, on, on a on a surface that favoured the seamers. He, uh, he he did quite well, um, but yeah, ultimately the big key takeaway is we need more runs. So, dears, the focus turns to the Marsh One Day Cup tomorrow. You take on Victoria at the Junction Oval. Is there any lineup changes or any team news that you can share with us? Yeah, we've got we're going to have a, a couple of changes. Um, we've uh, Liam Scott hurt his ankle. Uh, last night um, or yesterday um, in 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 the shield, he rolled his ankle on the uh, on the boundary rope. Yeah, look nasty. Um, so he, he, yeah, he's he's quite sore, and uh, you know he so he's 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 out. Um, Daniel Drew, who's performed really well in the one day comp this year, um, he's uh, unavailable uh, for personal reasons, um, and. Also, uh, Spencer Johnson um, is is link, linking up. He's linked up with the Australian squad for um, for these three T20 games against the West Indies. So um, he's unavailable, and you know we're, we're really excited for him uh, to be selected for Australia. Um, so that means that we've got a, a, a few changes. So we've brought in uh, Harry Conway's come over. Um, uh, David Grant comes into the uh, 13, and um, Jake Winter from Glenelg has uh, been selected, and he'll make his debut tomorrow for South Australia. Oh, fantastic! That is fantastic. So, Diz, you mentioned Spencer Johnson into the Australian squad against the West Indies. So, on that, Jake Fraser McGurk, we've seen he's now had some success at Australia for Australia at that level where is his future is it T20s around the world or do you see it more so in both the T20 the ODI and even the test format for Australia yeah I, I think he could uh, have success in all formats um, I, I've got no doubt I think he's he's got the technique uh, he, he's, you know I, I know everyone just sees him going out there and uh, Playing really aggressively and playing these big shots, but from from a pure batsmanship and, and technical point of view, uh, he, he's he's got a got a really sound uh, batting technique. And um, you know, Jake's a young player, he's learning. He, he he hits a ball really crisp and hard. Um, he the art of batsmanship. I think he, he's certainly um, learning and developing that. And uh, the only way you do that is by playing playing games and. Uh, you know, we've we've gave him exposure in in shield cricket. He's he, he's got a hundred against Victoria. Um, he, he's learning. He's you know, as I said, he's a young player. He's learning. I certainly believe he could play all formats um, going forward. No doubt in my mind. Do you think he could make a Test double hundred? 
Well, they're, they're hard to come by. Um, they're really, really difficult. You, you, you know, you have to have, you know, um, uh, technical, tactical nous. You need concentration, um, fitness. Um, you only, know, there's only the best of the best. Go into scoring. There's, there's all sorts of things that go into scoring test double hundreds and you have to be a pretty good player to be able to achieve it. <laughs> Diz, I want to ask you about Sam Harper. Um, can we possibly get him in a red cap? Because I'm sick of him making runs against the Redbacks. Yeah, a bit, bit frustrating. He's a really good cricketer. Yep. I mean, we, uh, he, he scored 150 against us uh, in that corresponding match, we actually had him out on a no ball, and then he proceeded to hit 148 yes. more runs um, in a real quick space of time. It's almost as if he just thought, "Stuff it! I'm just I've had my life. I'm just going to go and play now." And um, look, he look he, he's done wonderfully well, and he did well again uh, in this game, um, and he's kept kept uh, really well. Um, I'm just actually glad he's okay because he he had that yes. um, uh, head knock and. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we in sport, we just hate to see those things happen. We hate to see people injured and that. Just glad that he's, uh, he's fit and healthy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not enjoying him playing against us at the moment. He's, he's played really well. Um, you know, we, we bowled pretty reasonable at him yesterday and he, he took a risk and he played some very streaky shots and got away with them. Um, you know, I suppose the, the old saying, fortune favours the brave. And, uh, and he certainly did that. Um, it would have been nice to... Uh, knocked him over a bit cheaper, but uh, but look, he played very well. Yeah, I think if you get him under 15, you probably win the game. But um, I, I also want to ask you about Jake Carter. He had a, a long f- innings in the first innings. At one point, he mm. was seven runs off 119 balls, eventually out for 17. What feedback did you give Jake after that innings? Look, he, he fought really hard and it, it was, as I mentioned just at the start of this uh, chat, it, the conditions were quite tricky out there for, for batting um, at first inning. He applied himself well. Um, I, I suppose the feedback is, could there, could there, could he have identified opportunities to rotate the strike a bit more, yeah. um, find a way to, you know, sometimes the best, best place to be is at the other end. Um, so, but, but they they did have the field. Their their square of the wicket fielders uh, were actually quite tied in, so it was quite a challenge to to rotate the strike. And sometimes you have to give the give credit to the bowlers that they they bashed away at a length uh, and way that just allowed the um, surface to do the work uh, uh, with the ball. So they they played very well. But yeah, we, we talked about. Um, you know, could could he have explored, identified opportunities to to rotate a little bit more? That was probably the the, the big feedback. But um, it was pleasing. He got through some uh, tough periods, but you know, did all the hard work to get to seventeen, and then uh, unfortunately couldn't capitalise. Now, Diz Bonds and I were talking about this off air. If you, as the coach of the Redbacks and the Strikers, and we think we might know the answer, but I'm very intrigued to see what you say. If you could only win one competition, the Marsh Cup, the Big Bash, and the Sheffield Shield, as the coach, which one would you prefer and why? Um, oh, look, that, that's a real uh, tricky one. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I've always said I love Sheffield Shield cricket. And, um, and you know, I, I think um, our, our players are, are desperate to, um, to lift a shield. The last time was 95-6. Uh, it was a yep. long, long time ago. And, um, you know, the players... 
you know, players aspire to play test cricket and aspire to wear a baggy green. And uh, the, the next best thing you can do is is play for your state and um, play first-class cricket. And, you know, lads, the lads desperately want to win a Sheffield Shield uh, in, in their careers. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's better than the other competitions, but um, I think players like to be... Uh, you know, really, really want to win a Sheffield Shield, and, and I, yep. I'd love to see that too. One more before we let you go, Diz. Uh, any coaching jobs for you in the off season overseas? No, not not at this not yet. point in time. Um, <laughs> no, I, I haven't uh, haven't really uh, put the feelers out. I mean, I just want to. Uh, it's been a pretty hectic summer, to be honest, and. Uh, Probably could could do with a bit of a break once the season's done, um, you know. But we'll, we'll wait and see. But if opportunities present themselves, a short-term opportunity that doesn't impact um, impact my role with South Australia, then yeah, you, you, you explore those uh, options. But at the moment, my focus is on on South Australia, and uh, you know, hopefully we can um, finish the season strong, and you know, still mathematical chance of qualifying for. Um, for the Shield final, so you know if we, we go out and play um, some positive, aggressive cricket and, and get some wins, then we can, you know, hopefully we can we can play in a final. Diz, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it, and we love you having you part of our, our team here at SEN. No, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Look forward to uh, sitting in the chair when Men's is coaching, uh, <laughs> uh, coaching footy uh, in a few weeks' time. Love that, Diz. Thank you, Diz. Thank you, mate. Uh, Jason Gillespie there, the coach of the Redback Strikers. and um, well, He does a great job when he sits in this chair too. Part-time co-host of the exactly right. of Sports ASA. All right, men's, uh, let's have a look at a next couple of sample teams for you. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. And uh, it is tonight, we've mentioned a few times that we've been doing it over the last week, the predictions where teams will finish. Tonight, as mentioned earlier in the show, it's fourth and third on the ladder Yes, in the sandfall in this upcoming season. So if we go through where I've put teams so far, 10th, I've got South Adelaide, 9th, West Adelaide, 8th, Port, 7th, Eagles, Central's in 6th, and North Adelaide I have making the 5 in 5th position. So we move to 4th position, who I've predicted to finish 4th in the sandfall 2024 season. I've gone with Sturt, the double blues. They made the grand final last year. They lost to Glenelg. We know what happened in that grand final. If you look at their additions to their list this season, they've got Will Snelling back from Essen. That's a great pickup. That's huge for him, I think. It really is. Uh, and also Flynn Perez comes across from North Melbourne as well. So a couple of – they're the main ones that they've mm. picked up, which will be important because they have lost a couple. They've lost Paddy Wilson to West Adelaide. Which is going to hurt. He's had some injury troubles, but when he's out there, they're a much better team. Agreed. And Marty Frederick as well has gone across to Claremont in the waffle. So that does uh, restrict some of their outside run, which will certainly help hurt them uh, at times this season. They're going to have to replace that. So where does the improvement then come from from Sturr this season after making a grand final last year? Well, Jared Dakin, Tom Lewis, Casey Voss, McFadden, Burrows and Gribble, they're all 23 years of age or younger. So there's still a fair bit of upside with those guys that are now starting to be very important players and very good players in the competition. It's amazing Casey Voss and Tom Lewis are still that young. 
It is amazing. You, and I, I, I was that. really impressed with Mick Fadgen last year. I thought he was excellent. Great point. He came on really well. He was very good down back, team of the year. And then they put him forward as well. Yep. Uh, strengths for Sturt. They were very good in close games last year. They, they won a lot of close games. Uh, the, their playing group also started to show a real maturity last season, uh, which showed and, and ex- was exemplified as to why they were able to make the grand final. We know they are tackling machines inside the contest. And also really like their rebound from halfback with Voss, with Page, with McFadgen, as mentioned as well when he was back there. So there are a couple of the strengths of the Double Blues. Where's their weaknesses lie? Well, they, they still need to transition better and cover the ground better as a midfield group. And that, that's how teams play against her. That's where they go. We can get them. They're used to playing at Wigan Oval. Marty is well aware of that as well. So that's going to be their challenge when they play on the bigger grounds and come finals time at Adelaide Oval is can they transition across the ground a bit better to be able to keep up with those other sides. We spoke about their younger core for their list assessment. They need to keep developing these guys to become good sample players over time. I still feel like maybe they need one or two more quality players in that team. And if they can find them from within, it'd be great. But to be able to push the likes of Glenelg with Wilson and Frederick going, they do need to find one or two more. Uh, What do they need to have a successful year in 2024? Well, it is replace that outside class and that match winning ability that Paddy Wilson and Marty Frederick brought to them in 2023. Their ball movement improved a lot last year off the back of training it for such a long time, but they got to continue to improve it, but also they need to find more avenues to goal. They they moved McFadgen forward last year to uh, in the finals because they couldn't kick enough goals. Now, Hone had an incredible season last year. Can he back it up? We hope so. But is it McFadgen forward or is it a couple other guys that need to stand up? Because they certainly need to if they're going to be able to win it this year. I had them finishing in fourth position. Your thoughts? Uh, I had them a little higher. Yep. I, I really like they, the way they play. I, I like Marty Matner as a coach. Yep. And I, I think they'll have another good year. Yeah, so we've both, we're both high on Sturt, but I'm fourth, hmm. not as high as last year where they finished second. So that means that we're on to third. And there's one team that I haven't mentioned that a few people might be thinking, where has he got the red legs? Well, <laughs> I have Norwood in third position this year. Uh, after seventh last season, we know they started 0-8. They finished six wins... 11 losses and a draw. So effectively from their last 10 games, six wins, three losses and a draw. It's a great finish to the season. I'm big on what they're going to do this year under Twig Rawlings. They won the premiership the year before. They brought in Mitch O'Neill from South Adelaide. It's a great get. He's still he's a young midfielder. Quality. Quality midfielder. Kuti comes across from Essendon. They've got a couple other guys. Jordan Boyle has come across from West Adelaide. Cooper Murley comes back from Collingwood and Alistair Lord as well from Essendon. So there's some nice names that they'll add to that list. Their, their key outs are Nick Rokar has gone to Swan Districts in the Waffle. So all the best to Nick Rokar. Matty Nunn has retired and will play at Payne. And Mitch Wilkins has also moved on. And Cam Ball has moved on too to Ross Trevor. So there's a couple of decent outs of that side. But the improvement from Norwood is, is clear. They're not going to be chasing their tail like they were last year off the back of injuries and fitness. They started 0-8 yes. off of winning a flag. I mean, you're already the hunted when you win the premiership the year before, but when you're the reigning premiers and you're wounded, uh, the other teams certainly took advantage of that. They're going to be ready to go at the start of this season, and I think they'll definitely be playing finals in 2024. Their strengths are they've still got big Harry Boyd in the ruck. Now, that is nice when you are the coach and you look at that and you go, we've got probably the best ruckman in the league. Uh, But also it's how reliable their defense has been over the last couple of seasons. For a team that finished seventh, they still didn't give up more than 70 points a game last year. 
which was much better over the second half of the season. So they're still one of the better defensive teams last year, even though it wasn't a great season. The weaknesses, this one surprised me a little bit. They were last in offense last season. Now, the health of Jackson Callow would definitely help this go in a positive direction, but they kicked and struggled to kick large uh, goals for large parts of the 2023 season, which is surprising, and I will get onto that a little bit more. The list assessment, O'Neill, Lord, and Murley bring some really good young youth to that team that they can build around for years to come. They have a really good core of middle-aged players that if they can retain them, they're going to be in the premiership window for a number of years. And the point that I'm alluding to is how do they have a successful 2024 season? Well, finals, first of all, is the target. They've got to get back to the finals. But they will believe that they should be able to do that. And and what do they need? Well, as mentioned, they were last in attack last season. When you look at this forward line, they've got Jackson Callow. They've got Ben Jarvis. They've got Bain and Lowe. They've got Connor McLean. That is a good forward line. They should not be last in offense. So I believe that they need to be training right now, their ball movement, their, and really backing their forwards and their mids to bring that flair to the team so that they can get better ball movement going forward because there's no way that forward line should be finishing last and they should be very damaging if they can get the ball in there. And if they can do that, I think they'll have a successful 2024. I have them finishing in third position on the table at the end of the home and away season. I had them in the five as well. I think they'll come, they'll bounce back and, and play finals again as well under Twig. And I think he'll, he'll be working them hard in the offseason to get them back up the top. Oh, and that's the thing. Callow didn't have a good run on it last no. year. Jarvis was up and down as well. If they can get first use in that midfield, I think their forward line is going to be scary to a lot of other teams. And that's why I am very bullish on the Redlegs to bounce back and I haven't finished in third on the table. So that leaves us just the top two teams, which I'll bring to you tomorrow night. Uh, again, text us in your thoughts on 0427 154 166. Are you high on the red legs like I am this year? Finishing third. Are you as low as I am on Sturr? They've gone from the grand final. I've got them finishing fourth. And tomorrow night you will bring announce it. who you think is going to win the whole thing. I will. One and two tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. A quick community update, men's. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings with the South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. It's available and our good friends at Bunnings Warehouse. Time for the movie of the week, men's. When everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. There is no crying in baseball, especially down at Giants land. Uh, this is thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Men's, what is your movie of the week? Yeah, I've gone with one of my favourite sports documentaries of all time. It is called Icarus. If you haven't seen Icarus, it's a great film, but not just because of how good the film is. It's actually what it is about and the impact it's had on society. So Icarus is based on the rushing anti-doping and how they have done that at Olympics in the past and how they have potentially done it 
for all time, which is what you hear in this movie and in this documentary. It is a documentary film by Brian Fogel, who initially starts the documentary and wants to race in amateur races and dope and see whether he can improve like Lance Armstrong and others and see how much of a difference it makes from just your average punter and whether they can become very good from just ordinary. And then all of a sudden he stumbles along Russian Grigory Rodchenko. And so... He finds out that there's a bit more in this with Russia and the the actual trailer is brilliant and I'm not going to give too much away. I'd rather just listen to the trailer. Well, no, no Menz, we've got a technical issue with the trailer. It's not playing. Okay. I don't know why. I, it, I got it there. I, I, yeah, not sure. Um, Sorry, mate. All right. So My fault. I'll take 100% blame for that. Let's hope that we can sort something out with that. But uh, it is it, what I'm saying is definitely go and watch it if you haven't. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's won a lot of awards. It goes for a couple of hours. And again, at the end of it, you think, wow, how long has Russia actually cheated for? Because the bloke who was uh, actually running the sponsored Olympic doping program is the guy who is the whistleblower. It's incredible, isn't it? It really is. And how open he is yes. to camera about... Oh, yeah, it was just, you know, that's what we did to that, win. That's the thing that probably amazes me the most is you sit there and go, why is he telling you everything? He's going to get murdered. But he does say they've tried to do it before. I'm just over this now. I just want to put it out there and tell you that, yes, we pass you run through the walls at the Olympics at night time to be able to change the uh, samples from our athletes so that they wouldn't get done. And he said we did it every night and – We've done it forever. We're, we are the cheats. We're ahead of the game. You can't catch us. And it just is amazing yes. when you watch it. And for, for Brian Fogel to have stumbled upon this when he was just trying to dope himself in a amateur cycling race to be like, hey, does it actually make much of a difference if you dope as an amateur or as a professional like Lance Armstrong has done? How much of a difference does it make? He has stumbled across one of the greatest secrets in the history of sport and, uh, and, and made an incredible documentary off the back of it. Yeah, it w- it was amazing. Um, I watched it, uh, yeah, not that long ago, and it was yeah, just captivating. You can't take your eyes off it. You really can't. You you're blown away with what you're watching and seeing, and going, this can't, this can't actually be true, can it? But it is, and they have covered it up. And and since this came out, Russia said he's a liar. We haven't cheated. We haven't. There's nothing to see here. Man, it's been another. Big, big show. Thanks for Jason Gillespie for being part of it and thank for you for listening to us all. Um, you got about 20 seconds. Yeah, tomorrow night we're going to have someone in the studio talk amateur league football. Right. So if you want to hear about Div 1, 2, 3, 4 or 5 in the amateur league here, tune in tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. This has been the summer edition of Sports Day SA. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone.